You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Have you had breakfast? You all are so quiet. (laughs) Well, Asbury, it is an honor and a privilege to be standing in front of you right now. If you had told me 20 years ago that Kiwi, you're going to be in Kentucky, in Asbury, I would tell you it's impossible because of where I am at that time. But you know what? With God, nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. You know, my topic today is called, You Are Blessed, But You Are Blessed to Be a Blessing. You know, we always use this hashtag blessed, right? Who have used this hashtag? I, I, sometimes you would flex in your uh, Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> I'm a millennial, flex. <laughs> I've just learned that, uh, that a word, flex. When you flex on your Facebook or Instagram, you would say, hashtag blessed. Well, I don't blame you. Sometimes if you have your, a new watch, you would post there, hashtag blessed. You ate at a new restaurant, hashtag blessed. You have a new car, hashtag blessed. You have a vacation, you put hashtag blessed, right? But sometimes we forget that, why are we blessed? It's not wrong to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed, and you are blessed. But, you know, I want to tell you the story of my life, and that in the midst of difficulties, I've seen God's blessings in my life. And I realized why he blessed me that much. You know, I was, though my real name is not Kiwi, like the fruit, my real name is Kiwani. It sounds Hawaiian. I was not born and raised there. I wish, but I was born and raised in the Philippines to a very poor family. My dad is an alcoholic, and my parents, each night, they would fight because he's always drunk. I have three brothers ahead of me who died because of lack of medical attention. My third brother, he was supposed to be born cesarean section, but my parents could not afford the medical fees. So what they did, they cut my mom open without proper anesthesia. And my mom screamed for pain, but my brother didn't survive. But after that, I was born in another sister. And growing up in the Philippines, I remember it was so difficult that me and my sister, we would beg our parents, Ma, Pa, I could not sleep because we were so hungry. But even my parents would give up the food that they're about to eat that night, which is most of the time rice and soy sauce or rice and salt. It would still not be sufficient. I remember I would look at my neighbor's window and pretend to watch their television. But I would look at their table and see food and wonder, why do they have food tonight and us not? And I remember vividly when apples were imported from America to the Philippines. And I would beg my mama, Ma, please. I want to taste this apple, but even a rotten apple, my parents could not afford to buy. But you know what? This is not a sad story because we have a good father in heaven. One day, my dad was an alcoholic when everybody said, your dad's not going to change. He's going to die an alcoholic. But the word of God says, nothing is impossible with me. My dad picked up a track. Well, you're young. A track is a reading material about Jesus. <laughs> and in the track, it says to go to a crusade. And my dad went to a crusade, like a concert about Jesus. And in that crusade, he heard about Jesus, that Jesus loves him, gave himself for him so he could live. 
And in that crusade, he received Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. And for the very first time, my dad went home sober. Let's give God the best clap of praise. And my mom was so surprised and asked him, what's wrong with you? What happened to you? Why are you not drunk tonight? And my dad said, nothing is wrong with me. I just received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and you need to come to church with me. So he brought us to church. And me and my sister, we would sit in Sunday school. And in Sunday school, they would sing about Jesus, that Jesus loves the little children, all the children in the world, red, yellow, black, and white, all the children in his sight, that Jesus cares, that Jesus provides. But as a young kid, I could not comprehend that. If this is Jesus, if he cares, and if he provides, then why do we live this way? But you know what? We have a good, good Father in heaven. Because at the age of seven, I was registered to a program in our church called Compassion International. And at the age of seven, somebody from Australia picked up a packet, and he started to sponsor me. And the very first thing in his letter, he said, Kiwi, you are pretty, and Kiwi, Jesus loves you. You know, I've never thought of myself as beautiful. I thought pretty or beautiful are just for kids with nice clothes, who goes to school, has a bow in their hair, but me, that could not be me. And then I begin to realize, Lord, is this how you see me? That I'm beautiful and wonderful in your sight. That I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That I am a child of the one true God. I begin to go to the Compassion Project in our church. And my teacher there, she told me, Kiwi, yes, this might be your situation, but this is not your destiny. For in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Sometimes we stop there. But the following verses, it says, Seek me, and you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. So I begin to seek the Lord. I begin to open my Bible. I begin to memorize verses and grasp the promises of God for my life. At the age of nine, we need to move to the central business district of the Philippines for my parents to have a better job. And I thought, oh my goodness, our lives is going to change. We're going to have better life. But boy, I was so wrong. Because we have a, a joke in the Philippines, if it rains, it pours and it would be flooded. One night, I woke up. Our bed is floating in dark flood waters. But, you know, even if our condition didn't change drastically, the condition of our heart did, knowing that God has a plan for us. God has a better plan for us than this. So I told my mama, Ma, I don't want to be poor anymore. I want to get out of this situation. I want to go to college. I want to go to a university. I want to take up something. I want to be somebody. I want to get a good job. And my mama said, let's pray because God will provide. God will provide. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And you know what? At the year that I was graduating high school, Compassion told me, Kiwi, 
you're going to go to college, and we're going to pay for everything. And this lady who is standing in front of you right now is a physical therapist working in a hospital in Dallas, Texas. God is so, so good. You know, after, uh, after college, I need to take a very difficult exam. And I know you young people, you know how hard exam is. Who, who among you loves exams? Nobody. <laughs> I don't want to take the exam. I was just so scared to fail. I want, I'm so scared of the unknown. I want to top my exam. I want to do good. But I'm just so scared. But every time I open my Bible, God would tell me, Kiwi, is there anything too hard for me? And he said, nothing, absolutely nothing, saith the Lord. All of my promises for you are yes and amen. So I studied for the exam. Don't get me wrong, I just didn't pray. <laughs> I studied hard, but I did what I can do and lived to God what I cannot do. Out of 1,700 students who took the exam, I landed 10th place. <laughs> And because of that, they gave me a medal. And as I was receiving this medal, I told the Lord, Lord, if only my sponsors were here, I'm going to give this medal to them. Because of them, this is a reality. You know, our God is a God who doesn't just hear our prayers. He can make your prayers into reality. Every year in our church, we have a prayer and fasting, and I usually don't join because I was hungry when I was a kid. <laughs> But that year, I prayed for that I'm going to meet my sponsor, and God answered my prayer. I went to Australia and saw my sponsor. I think I have a picture for you. And I told them over and over again, thank you so much. You didn't just change my life, but my family, and one day my community, because my mom is now a pastor of a community church in the Philippines. <laughs> Our God is an amazing God. You know, seven years ago, I went back home. Uh, I went to, to America to, to work as a physical therapist. And seven years ago as well, I found my husband. And I found me a southern boy. He's from Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> and my husband's name is Terry Cook. And you know, he's an executive chef in Dallas, Texas. Imagine, I was hungry when I was a kid. Now I'm married to an executive chef. <laughs> I will never be hungry again. <laughs> Only God can surprise us like that. And during the wedding, I invited my parents to come to the United States. And you know where I took my parents after that? I think I have a picture for you. I took my parents to an apple orchard. And my dad, he's picking up apples from the ground. And I said, no, dad, God has blessed us exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever ask or think, that we're now able to pick up apples from the tree. God withheld that rotten apple years and years ago because he has something better for us. And at that moment, we're just celebrating about his goodness and his faithfulness in our lives. And I know that God blessed me and my family not to just keep it to, to ourselves. God has blessed us to be a blessing to other people. The blessing that he, God has given us is intended to be shared. 
especially starting from the blessing of salvation. It is something to be shared to other people, to tell other people that there is a God that cares, that there is a God who loves, that there is a God of compassion. You know what? Let us make this personal for a moment. Just think about all the good things that God has done in your lives. Maybe right now it's hard for you to think about it if you're undergoing something that is hard and difficult situation. But I want to tell you, God didn't close his eyes on you. He knows you. If he know the number of your hair in your head, he knows you very well. And he cares for you. The fact that you're sitting here in this university, you are blessed. And I would tell other people the fact that you are standing in American soil, you are blessed. You are blessed of the freedom to praise and worship the Lord. You are blessed to have the freedom in this country. Compared to the world's truly poor, we can say that God has blessed us. God has blessed us. But it didn't just stop there. God has blessed us to be a blessing to other people. After my graduation, I thought, okay, I'm just going to go and work and have a life for my own. But I was just so, uh, I I'm thinking, like, Lord, what's the next step? What's the next step for my life? You know, when I was in Australia, I met a mom with a 15-year-old boy. And this 15-year-old boy is sponsoring his own sponsor child. And I said, how does he do that? Does he uh, ask money from you? And he said, no, that boy's name is Jordan. And the mom said, Jordan plays the guitar really, really well. And he said, she said, during Saturday and Friday after school, he would play the guitar on the streets and he would put his the picture of his sponsor child on the guitar case. And he said, I am basking for my sponsor child. And I was 27 year old at that time, and he, I said, if Jordan can do that, I can do that too. But at the, at the time, I don't have a job. And I called my friends in the Philippines, and I told them, you know what? God has changed my life, and I want other people's lives to be changed as well through me. The very first boy that I sponsored, his name is Andrew, when he was seven years old, and he is now 17 years old. I am now a sponsor of four kids, two from the Philippines, one from Haiti, and one from Bolivia, all for the glory of God. Let's give God the best clap of praise. And five years ago, I went back home and saw my sponsored children in the Philippines. I think I have a picture for you. And I told them, hang in there. Do not give up. If God can do it to me, he can do it to you and through you. And that's a word for you too. Hang in there. You thought college is difficult, university is difficult. Oh, <laughs> wait until you graduate. But hang in there. <laughs> do not give up. God has a plan for you while you, while you are here. Enjoy your time here. Enjoy the season of learning and having friends and being in the university and just trusting God in everything. 
And I told them, one day, God will give you a platform. God will give you an avenue to tell your friends, to tell your neighbor, to tell a congregation, to tell students from the university that we have a good, good Father in heaven. You know, there are two um, commands that God has given us in Matthew 22, 36 to 40. It says, teacher, which is the most important command in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these commandments. You know, because we're in a Christian university, it's just easy for us to say, yes, we love the Lord. It's so easy to us to love a perfect God. But the number two, love your neighbor as yourself. This is where we take a deep breath and would say, help me, God. I heard somebody who told me before, well, it's so hard to love people because people are complicated and weird. <laughs> well, aren't we all people? <laughs> yeah, we can be complicated and weird, but we can love people. You know why? In 1 John 4, 7 and 8, and I would want to tell you in a um, translation that I love the most, King James Version. <laughs> it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Who that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So, beloved, let us love one another, for God is love. But it didn't stop there. After that command is a story of the Good Samaritan. When the Good Samaritan was traveling and saw a Jew was beaten up, left for dead, he felt compassion when he saw that Jew. And you know, compassion is not just a word, it is an action word. The Levite and the priest already passed him, but what he did, he didn't, he didn't just look away, he stopped. He stopped and helped the Jew and helped this man. And not only that, that he helped this, his, this man, he put him in his donkey, tend to his wounds, and brought him to an inn. And he told the innkeeper, hey, if you have, if I need to pay more, I'm going to be back, and I will, you know, pay. And then Jesus asked the disciples, who do you think? is the good neighbor, the, the priest, the Levite, or the good Samaritan? Of course, it's a trick question. It's so obvious. It's the good Samaritan, the good neighbor. But it didn't also just stop there. And Jesus said, now go and do the same. Now go and do the same. Sometimes we have lots of ifs and buts. Lord, if, if I graduate, if I have a lot of money, if I have a lot of talent, if I have a better job, I'm going to help. But where God guides, he always provides. Ephesians 2.10, he said, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he has planned for us a long time ago. So he already put in us the ability 
to help and be a good neighbor to other people. It's not that, hey, Kiwi, I'm going to give you this neighbor to help and would leave us there. No, he already gave us the resources, the talents, the ability to do that. I know that greater things are yet to come for my life and for you as well. And God is not done yet. You know, now I speak for this organization called Compassion. To have other kids sponsored and released from poverty in Jesus' name. And not only that, I want to tell their people that there is, God, is a God who cares for everybody, who has compassion for every one of us. And I always remember what the former CEO of Compassion told us during my graduation from the pro program. He said, never be ashamed of your roots in poverty. You hold your heads high. You may have been born in poverty, but poverty was not born in you. No matter how high God lets you climb, never forget to be grateful. Never forget to reach back and bring others along with you. And one by one, as we do that, we will change the entire world. You know, I want to um, ask the worship team to come up stage. And as they are doing that, I would like to give you an opportunity today to sponsor a kid and release a kid from poverty in Jesus' name. I know you're just students, but God has been reminding me that do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example. Set an example in the believers of speech, uh, in the believers of this world that you can do something. Sometimes that 15-year-old boy, Jordan, he, he wouldn't have thought that what he did is not just going to make an impact to the sponsor child, but it made an impact in my life. And I, you can make an impact too. If God is telling you to sponsor a kid today, all you need to do is three steps. Come up here, get a packet, open your packet, fill in the packet, and turn in your packet and sponsor a kid. It's $38 a month. You might like skimp some of your coffee or fast food. Well, you're far from Starbucks, so <laughs> you can save money for that. Or you can do what I did, like t told my friends, hey, I want to sponsor a child. You know, when I met my sponsored child for the very first time, he was crying and he told me. And I asked him, why are you crying? And he said, last year I almost died, but I prayed to God that I'm going to see you. And God, God answered his prayers. And I told him, one day you're going to testify to the Lord of the good things that he has done in your life. 